Support for a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Brandon, I got some uh, really bad news about the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week's episode was the lowest uh rating for our podcast that we've ever had oh so fortunately our parent network the ant dogs wrestling network uh has said they want edgier content from us so we're gonna (sighs) have to start podcasting in the nude really yeah i mean god damn it you want to start us off thank you start take it all right uh okay Yo, it's showtime, here we go. Buckle up, mask up, Ray Mysterio. Yeah, Mr. McMahon in your stereo. I'ma set the stipulation and scenario. Force count everywhere, doors drop everywhere. Hit you with a finisher from out of nowhere. Eyes all white with the cold stare, you know I had to go there. Hell yeah, the flow so real. Panties in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. You ain't really talking for the boss, no panties in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. Shooting star deadly off the porch, no pennies in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. The most electrifying, steady with the source, not a penny in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. Yeah, just a Kenny for your thoughts. What? The Kenny for your thoughts podcast. Brandon, I said, wow, look, I say that Stefano's on Instagram and you're instantaneously looking at your phone. (laughs) Is he better than me, Brandon? I had to check out the Instagram. Is he better than me? That's right, man. Stefano says I look like Rogi Raju. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you, Wrestling Otaku. Oh, man. Kenny's about to show us the glutes. That's what Fernando says. (laughs) Brandon out here with that Dr. Luther face paint. Brandon, can you explain your thinking behind the damn face paint? What what were you doing? (laughs) I I, I don't know. I was caught between sort of, like you said, Dr. Luther or, um, oh, my God, what's his name from uh, Daredevil? God. Ah. Uh, oh God! I had it. Kingpin. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, not Kingpin. No. The other uh, guy. Bloodshot or whatever his name is. Deadshot. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. And so I was like, oh, what should I do? And then I sort of ran out of time. I was like, crap, we got to go on. And then we were prepping. We're prepping. For the show. Let me tell you this part. Brandon, <laughs> uh, we're prepping, and Brandon. Brandon's like uh, blah blah blah, and then he's like, you know, don't fuck this episode up. You know, you're embarrassing me. Blah 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 blah. Like Brandon really dresses me down before the show, right, right. and then he's like, yeah, don't fuck up this little bitch boy. This is my show. This is I'm I'm going to the moon. And then Brandon wipes bullseye. the paint. Bullseye, yes. bullseye. There it is. Yeah. Bullseye. I'm yeah. think, why why did I say Deadshot? I'm thinking uh, Suicide Squad, right? So yeah, Brandon wipes uh, his forehead and oh, wipes like the paint idiot. completely off. Uh, yeah, yeah. I it yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of people up. in the chat right now thank you like like right now oh, holy crap do you see this do you see this number keeps going up yeah. and up it's nuts yeah the 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 lady at party city tricked me into buying like multiple tubes i thought she was helping me out brandon I, I was, uh, if you were realized... gonna sit there and waste her time and flirt with her <laughs> i would have sold your ass some other stuff too brandon's like awful, uh, i mean you think this makes me look macho or you know <laughs> <laughs> he starts to just dancing. He's dancing like um, like a Silence of the Lambs. You know, just the. It was <laughs> awful. <laughs> I, got, I got freaking like three tubes of white face paint. I got like a bucket of blood. I gotta get rid of this stuff, man. So I just gotta Why, use it. Can you can you please like do me a favor? 
Yeah. The face paint gimmick is not getting over. Can you please <laughs> stop doing face paint? I gotta use this paint. Then again, then again, we got more people in the chat than we've ever had. I think maybe maybe you're a draw. Maybe the face paint's a draw. <laughs> maybe they're like, we want to see what Brandon's gonna do right now. But guys, if Brandon should stop wearing face paint, do me a huge favor. <laughs> type one, type right? one. Subscribe. Hit that thumbs up. And even if Brandon yeah. should, please subscribe. Hit that thumbs up. Got a lot to talk about, dude, Brandon. Yeah. Got a lot to it's talk lot about. But Brandon, oh my god, dude, I haven't sat still today. I decided to do something stupid. It, it totally uh -huh. my fault. Because, like, um, my sister, like, like, um, oh my god, what's the K-pop group? This is actually why I called you. Oh. This is why I called you, right? Because you're a weirdo. You know, and they're not weird. You're freaking, you know, what are you, how old are you? 37 years old, still listening to K-pop? You know, that's, I was like, you know, maybe Brandon knows. Wait, Black uh, Pink or something like that? No, not Black Is Pink. Uh, NC, uh, what, the NCT 127. Oh. Yeah, so they I dropped an know. album today. It's called like Resonance. And there's two versions of the album. The yeah. Arrival version and the Departure version. And so I decided to be good big brother. Decide to uh, go get that as their Christmas present. <laughs> you know, so... Um, so no no not BTS guys but uh <laughs> I already said the Wait. name it's NCT one two seven um but anyway the target near me has the arrival oh, version no you've uh, an actual like physical copy yeah so <laughs> no, that's what they wanted so uh, but the funny part uh the departure version is just nowhere to be found I'm searching like every store because it's a you know double edition kind of thing right. um can't find it anywhere kind of like, like okay put it in perspective Brandon. If we were an album, right, you would have been read it. The Brandon version would have been readily available, but the Kenny would have been the exclusive. Like, can't find it yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's the one people want. You know, that that's sort right, of thing. Yeah, yeah that's that's really what was going on. Yeah. So I found the Brandon version at, you know, our local Target, readily available. Nobody wants it. That sort of thing. <laughs> but the other was one. Was it one of those giant, like, uh, bins with all those, like, $2 DVDs and, like, everything? So I, probably. Probably. <laughs> You know, it was like $24 and people were sitting there grabbing and going, what the hell? This ain't worth $24, Brandon, the hell? But oh, um, the other one, I don't know, man. Sometimes I just decide to be weird because like the other one was available to ship and was going to be here Christmas Eve. So I'm like, okay, let me do it. <laughs> so I order it. But then like there's a part of me that's like, I'm always really stubborn. Just like with this podcast, I'm like, we're going to be successful. I don't give a damn. Like we're going to do something. And uh, sure enough, I find one that's like an hour away. So I'll be damned if I didn't hop in my Damn. car, drive all the way to uh, Brandon, Brandon, Florida, Target. Oh, yeah. Yes, ironically enough. Yes, I drove to Brandon, Florida. There is a Brandon, Florida. Um, <laughs> drove an hour there, went to that Target, picked up that copy, drove an hour back. And here Dude, we are. That's crazy. Here we are right now. So, yeah, yeah, I'm crazy like that. Everything's over in Brandon, man. All the stuff you need, all the weird, obscure stuff is over in the Brandon. Brandon malls. is weird and obscure, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but traffic. But something actually, you know, again, so speaking of just taking chances, something actually I did this week, um, just to take us to the next level, Brandon. Um, mm -hmm. I did start a Patreon for us. Again, oh. so obviously this is not mandatory. Um, this is not something I'm requiring anybody to do. I won't even hold I a mean, grudge. I am. I'm requiring. Right, Brandon so, is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I won't even hold a grudge if you don't do it, but you know, uh, if you go on patreon.com slash a Kenny for your thoughts, we do have different tiers. If you want to be able to support the podcast, uh, we do want to produce some more content for you. Uh, at least I do. I told Brandon to find me a video for, uh, another thing that we're trying to do. And Brandon uh, two weeks later has not done it. 
so <laughs> am I lying? I got plenty of ideas, man. I got plenty of ideas. I think I got a horrible video. ideas. Horrible ideas. So all the money's going to me, not giving Brandon a dime. Yeah. Because obviously he doesn't want to contribute. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to three people. Uh, that being Diego, uh, oh, man. Kyle, and Matt Ritter, uh, who oh. have decided to support us. Uh, you will find later on after this episode um, airs, you'll find links to their respective YouTube channels in our YouTube profile. Uh, Apron Bump, who is Kyle, says, I'm, I'm giving Kenny $101 a month between OnlyFans <laughs> and Patreon. That's true. <laughs> What? But Patreon, he's only giving a dollar a month. Wait, wait. So oh, he's only okay. giving a dollar a month on Patreon. So what does that tell you? How much oh, he's giving man. me on OnlyFans. But the thing is, you know, I reel you in. $5 a month for my OnlyFans, but yeah. then you got to tip me $95 to see the good stuff. Uh, you want some left leg? 90 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait, are you going to do like like shaving and stuff like that? Like on your, your Patreon, maybe? Shading? No, no, shaving. Why would I shaving? Yeah, it's like you a know, bonus. I, no, no, what's really funny is you don't even realize I've been watching like these shaving videos. Yeah, yeah, legit. Like people <laughs> are going to India and they're like getting like shaved and stuff. It's so relaxing. That's why I was like, wait, what? Did you really say that, dude? It's like <laughs> it, it's definitely it's definitely some cool stuff. And I mean, you can see. Yeah. I don't know if you pay attention, but guys, Brandon called me Bobby Fish uh, earlier he because I was trying right? to like twirl my like mustache because I'm trying to like right? grow my mustache. The funny part is my beard's kind of long, so when I was like, you know, like this, on um, called my daughter, FaceTimed her, yeah. and she she said I look like I have a Santa Claus beard. So uh, now I'm like, okay, I got to go buy, go to Party City. Which Brandon, thanks for picking it up for me. I was like, maybe oh, I'll wait, go buy some on. white white hairspray and just spray it white. Now wait, are you you're gonna be Santa? Are you you're not gonna hire somebody? Or? No, ho 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 ho. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, ho 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 ho. I don't like how casual you guys are talking about watching people shave. It's true. It's true, guys. If it's awkward that we're talking about watching men shave each other, please hit that subscribe button. <laughs> I guess it would be. I, you know what? I, I, I would probably pay somebody to shave me because no, it's like, I don't think I would want to do it myself. Dude, it's interesting. It's like you go to India. Up, yeah. Well, of course, this is like pre-pandemic, but it's like you go to India and it's like 30 cents for a, a shave or something like that. And then, oh, so wow. he's basically like an equivalent of 30 cents. He's basically like, why would I ever like shave like normally? Right. And dude, dude, there's this Turkish guy that does this like weird massage thing. Like he just goes <laughs> like this on the face. Just, just trust me. Just trust me. I'll drop a link. I'll drop a link down below if you want to watch that. Does anybody want to watch that? In fact, that'll be a Patreon feature. We can watch. You can mean you can watch a Turkish man massage another man. Oh, man. I don't like how casual you are about watching me manscape Kyle. Santa is real and he is Kenny. <laughs> yes, I am Santa. But speaking of stuff that wasn't nice, yeah. uh, what about that AEW and NXT rating this week? Dude, yeah, that, that was, was that was a drastic change. That was a drastic change. Do you think people didn't like or care for the surprises that they got the previous week? Or I don't it just know. wasn't it's, enough it's to carry like, over? Is it just this December, you know? Is it the December lull? Is it that people, yeah. like, they blew their load too fast? And then, like, people don't know. Like, they're like, all right, we're done. Um, right. You have Sting debut on the same night. Kenny Omega wins the title. So it's like, should they have spread that out? Because um, AEW went from, what, 995,000 to 806,000. It's a significant loss. 
That is that is almost as much people as we lost when Brandon uh, took off his pants at the beginning of the show. That was ridiculous. No, that's why they split it into the chat. They're like, "Oh, what is this?" Right. Yeah. Right. We're half the number that we were. <laughs> but NXT did the exact opposite. They went from what six hundred three to about seven hundred sixty six thousand, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But I will say NXT's crowd was very very stacked. Their card was very stacked. And yet they did not beat AEW. Mm. That is cause for concern as far as I'm concerned. Right. Are, are you yeah. Good. No, I was going to ask yeah, I, I know they're on different nights, but are you concerned with, you know, the the demo numbers that sort of AEW and Raw had, you know, comparatively cuz they had yeah, AEW actually winning the demo, you know. AEW absolutely like, destroyed the yeah, demo. Yeah, destroyed them. And then it's um, like, I think oh, I think nights, it is but, cause for concern because obviously there's a lot of growth in that demo. So normally I don't usually talk about the demo, but I mean, um, yeah, I mean, put it this way: AEW is not too far off from Raw right now, which is kind of crazy. I don't know if you have the Raw number. I don't have it. So um, um, Raw doing the lowest rating it's ever done, ever. And I'm talking about this includes 2018. There's an episode, if you go in our archives, there is an episode where we talk about Raw having the lowest rating ever, and it was sometime in 2018. Uh, they beat that number, which is horrible. Absolutely horrible. I mean, uh, you guys know I'm, I'm one of those who, you know, I, the glass ha- is always half full with me, not half empty. And, okay, so let me read this, Matt Ritter, because me and Matt Ritter are going to get into it, I can promise you. There, there's, a, <laughs> there's a subject that he was talking about earlier, and I was like, save it for the oh, show, no. you bastard. Uh, oh, no, no, but he... Uh, Matt Ritter says, um, disagreed. I think the people AEW gained last week moved back to NXT this week. That is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that's actually very true. Um, he also says 1.52 mil for Raw. For a show that's been on 20 plus years, um, I think it's you know closer to 30 years. Right. I think it's damn uh, sad that AEW can do almost a one. And Raw is doing a 1.5. I mean, really think about that. A show that is only been around a year. Um, every, I've seen this comment everywhere. Kyle is saying Raw needs to bring back Raw Underground. That'll fix <laughs> yes. everything. You know, the pe- dancers, people, I was gonna I was say, people are saying that once the dancers went away, that was it. That was, they killed it. They killed it. <laughs> but my, my thing, dude, and again, you know, I, I respect Vince McMahon. I, I tell I tell people this all the time. I say, you know, I, I'm not sitting here like, oh, Vince needs to die. Don't don't ever talk to me like that because I just don't accept that viewpoint because that just shows bias. You know what I mean? Don't tell me Vince needs to leave. Just tell me, like, what needs to be done to fix this. Um, so Diego says, I feel like at this point people don't tune in since they can see everything that happens on Twitter and Insta. And it's like, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, maybe Raw is not giving us enough of a reason to tune in. You know, there's not enough of advertisement of, like, what's going on on Monday Night Raw. Like, uh, it's sad, though. You got, like, Drew McIntyre leading the ship. So it's going to reflect on him. Like, oh, is it is it his fault because he's the champion? That sort of thing. But um, as far as I'm concerned, I mean... Um, it's it's like what guys hit me up in the chat what do we need to do to fix monday night raw because i'm i'm at a point where i don't know uh do we rehaul this thing do we what do we do brandon your eyes yeah well i was i was gonna ask yeah are you buying the stuff or sort of the reports that are like you know oh usa is you know really mad about this and they want like you know of course i buy them 
Why would they... that sort of just like, oh, you know, it's a December sort of lull thing. You know, this happens all the time. But it, it's like, OK, if people view it, I guess any successful place, if you view it as, oh, it's just the December lull. Well, that's one out of 12 months. So you're telling me 11 months that you're supposed to care. And then like that one month, you're like, oh, no, I don't know. I don't buy it. I think USA Network is probably pissed off because it, all year the ratings have been bad. And then you can't sit there, especially if WWE's telling them, well, there's a pandemic, people aren't viewing us as much. You know, obviously USA's probably like, okay, don't give me that shit when there's a new wrestling product on TNT that is increasing in ratings all the time. So obviously they're doing something right and, and WWE's doing something wrong. And TNT has the better end of the deal because they're paying a fraction of a fraction for AEW mm. that USA is paying for Monday Night Raw. So if you're paying that much money for Monday Night Raw and the ratings are not barely double, not even double, one and a half what AEW is doing right now, right. I think that is cause for concern. If you're an exec, forget wrestling, right? If you're an exec and you're just looking at it and that's it, like, why would I pay this much money for a show to fail? A right. show that used to do, I mean, again, we're looking at from the exec point of view, a show that used to do tens. You know, back in the day, <laughs> and you know, you know, why, why isn't Raw doing a consistent three or four? Right. Really? Like, realistically? Right. Now, I see people float out a lot, you know, get, kill the third hour sort of thing. But didn't sort of USA want like that third hour because they needed the advertising sort revenue. of time? Yeah. yeah. And like, I know maybe that sort of drags down the average if, you know, the. The viewers right. are going away in that third hour, but it's like they kind of need that there. So it's it's like I don't know. Like, is that the fix? Is it? Would it hurt to experiment though? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, would it hurt to be like, okay, next week uh, the Christmas episode of of Monday Night Raw, we're gonna it's gonna be a two hour event, and then Raw Talk will be the third hour. You know what I mean? Right. Just to see what happens when they do something like that, and, and to see if the ratings hold. You know, because I always find my interest waning around the third hour anyway. Mm. And I'm a diehard. I mean, you know me. You, you sit right. there. I get mad you at you when you week. fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, <laughs> I get mad at you. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like, yeah, even my interest wanes a little bit. I start, you know, looking at Kyle's OnlyFans, you know. I start, <laughs> you know, start looking at Ritter's <laughs> lips on it, on Patreon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> These are people in the chat, by the way. If you're in audio <laughs> land right now, you're like, who the They're hell like, are these guys talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, and people are saying basically Vince, you know, I can accept that. People are saying, um, let me read this. Uh, Fernando says, at this point, Vince will either need to make major changes or when he leaves the booking, leaves the booking to other people. Um, Kyle says, the issue isn't the talent, the issue is the production and the writing. Mm. And then Diego says, get my boy Papa H to run it. I want to see what happens then. Um, yeah, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think NXT was a better product before it was on USA. You know what I mean? So could it be uh, that, okay. you know, there's too much Vince involvement? Because uh, I defend Vince McMahon, but when it comes to like stuff like this, when it comes to Monday Night Raw, I mean, obviously something's not working, and it's kind of like one of those where if what's right doesn't work, try some wrong, dog. Try some wrong, and like, what what can it do? What can it really do? You you you've hemorrhaged the fans to the point where they're just not tuning in. They don't have trust for Monday Night Raw, and obviously there's a trust for SmackDown because SmackDown's ratings reflect and like we can argue and sit there and go okay but it's on primetime TV and stuff like that but in today's world I think everybody has streaming services everybody has a way uh, to watch so I don't think that's necessarily a reflection it's just literally people are not watching Monday Night Raw and we got to do something about that to me my point of view again my perspective I think they pulled the plug on the Paul Heyman experiment a little bit too soon 
To me, mm. when Raw was being run by Paul Heyman, yeah, the ratings dipped, but I feel like if they had kept going, like it would have slowly started climbing up because Paul Heyman was kind of giving fans a little bit more of what they want, which of course is going to alienate the people who don't necessarily want to be there, like the, the longtime fans. But the whole point is to bring in some more fans. Now you're just alienating everybody. Now the longtime fans are like, this sucks. And then now the, the fans that are tuning in are like, why would I watch this back? Kind of like our podcast when they see Brandon with a bullet bullet shot on his head. They're like, why the hell would I watch this crap again? This is offensive to Hindi people. This is offensive no, to... No, I would know. This is not what this is about, okay? Let's just get that straight. And it's like, you know, Hollis says it right. They also need to do it continuously, not just one or two episodes every few months where, you know, they're getting good. And, um, you know, I, I heard rumors, you know, Fightful has talked about it, where USA is basically asking for more adult content, you know, more edgy content. Mm. And I'm a fan of that. I think that's what AEW is doing. And I don't necessarily mean that, oh, AEW is showing tits on air. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that kind of adult content. You know, of course, Brandon's like, yeah, but but but, yeah, uh, think, but, uh, yeah. but why not? I, I you know, think, like, that, yeah. would, that would really uh, change the trajectory. Raw, you know? Yeah, to separate itself, you know, from the pack. <laughs> I think they need to go in that direction, maybe. Spice it up a little bit. They my know, my thing is that raw isn't sometimes insulting to the intelligence and you know it's a little bit too kiddy in that sense i think that's what they mean by adult content is like you know make it to where there's a little bit more drama make it to where it matches stuff on primetime tv you don't necessarily have to you know explore the realm of tv 14 but you can do it without necessarily making it so campy and i think mm. that's what they're get. i think that's what we're getting at and hopefully you know, in a perfect world, what I hope happens is that with the raw ratings being the way they are, and if USA is like, hey, you know, we need, um, we need uh, more adult content, that WWE goes, okay, if you need adult content, this is what we need to do. We need permission to do this, and we need this, this, and this. And if our advertisers pull away because of this, then you need to go to bat for us. So I feel like there needs to be more negotiation in that sense. You know what I mean? I feel like WWE's coasting, coasting with their advertisers, coasting with USA mm. Network. They're making money in spite of themselves is probably the best way to say it. Um, but do something, especially Raw has the newer roster. Why can't they got we Mandy make Rose? I mean, right, that, no, that alone <laughs> should really. Why can't we make Monday Night Raw more like SmackDown 2016? SmackDown 2016 was kind of my favorite era of wrestling in the last decade. Because they, I mean, we really think about the stars, quote unquote stars that they had on SmackDown in 2016. It wasn't a lot, but it was the kind of content that they were bringing out. They had the James Ellsworth of the world. American Alpha was there. Uh, Alexa Bliss. They brought in new talent. Kind of reminded me of the Attitude Era where they were like, okay, this is the fresh and new show. That's, that's what Monday Night Raw is now. Because you got the Romans and the heavy hitters on SmackDown. Why not do something with, I mean, especially if the ratings are this abysmal as it is. Why not try something new with the, the talent that you have? Right. Have Braun Strowman go in and just rip shit up. I mean, not that he's injured right now. But, you know, I'm just saying. Do you remember in 2018 when they had the little... In November 2018, they brought a little bit of sex appeal back. Where they had, uh, you know, Mandy Rose in a hotel room with... Was it Jimmy Uso? Oh, trying to do some, oh, and then Alexa Bliss got walked in on. She's holding. She's like, excuse you. It's like, bring in a little bit of that. Bring in a little bit more... Um, again, it's all speculative, but do it and see what happens. I don't know, Brad. Yeah. I know. Hit me up in the chat, everybody. If you're watching this after the fact, let me know down below what you think can be done to fix Monday Night Raw because I am actually 
at a point where I don't know. I don't know what WWE could do. More Lana. That's the key. Let's talk about Lana. <laughs> so <laughs> Lana, uh, I've actually been defending Lana because I think Lana is actually doing really good in this storyline. I think a lot of people are not giving her credit because they, they've done good with the uh, building her up as a sympathetic baby face. You know, when she got injured and Shayna Baszler ripped her arm and now she can't compete for the tag titles. Um, yeah. And Ritter, we'll talk about Keith Lee. Don't worry. Oh. Um, so my thing is with Lana. I don't know why people hate it. I don't know why people hate the, uh, you know, I get that they're going off of her old storyline. But if we're just talking about this storyline, it's like, what's, what's really there to hate? She's done a good hmm. job. She's improved. I kind of like the whole fact that she's like done nothing to deserve her position, but she just kind of like lucks herself into it. We're supposed to have Asuka and Lana versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, but we don't uh, because Lana is injured. She got injured by um, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Everybody is speculating now that because they're supposed to be a mystery partner for Asuka and everybody is speculating that Charlotte Flair is going to come back, etc., etc. I'm actually going with a route and this is me telling you i think you're going to disappoint yourselves if you put like a trish stratus <laughs> and a charlotte flair and a this like people yeah. and then people will complain they'll be like oh this is stupid you legend put charlotte flair i think what's going to end up happening um what's going to end up happening is that oscar's going to wrestle the whole match by herself and lana will hobble her ass out there at the end hit like her finisher or oscar's going to hit the finisher and then lana will go crawl in for the pin one Two, three, and we have new tag team champions, Asuka and Lana, because hmm. it fits her character. That's pretty much what they've been doing with Lana anyway, where she kind of lucks right. herself into the situation. I know people are saying um, Mandy Rose because she just came back. Uh, people are saying, uh, what? Who, who's Mandy Rose even teaming with? You see, I don't understand because that's actually a problem I have with WWE as of late, <laughs> is that they're splitting tag teams and then they're putting yeah. them in these makeshift tag teams. Oh, Dana Brooke. So um, they're putting them in these makeshift tag teams. Like, what the hell's up with Billy Kay? Like, they split her oh, off. Yeah, they split her off from Peyton Royce and they give her this character, which, by the way, the character is awesome. I think it's so funny that everybody was like, oh, Peyton Royce is going to be the star. Billy Kay is going to go to the sidelines. Whereas, like, right now, it's Billy Kay that's whose star is rising, yeah. where Peyton Royce is just kind of coasting. And that's not Peyton Royce's fault. I'm just talking about in in terms of booking. Uh, Billy Kay with the like, here's my resume, my headshot, you know, <laughs> like that character is awesome. So I understand the makeshift tag teams, but it's like I feel like you could have done that in the Iconics. And what I mean yeah, by that is yeah. like Peyton Royce could have kind of gone to the side. They could have kind of like split off, even though they're the Iconics. I feel like they could have split off still been friends and gone to these new characters because then if you ever get in a situation where you know you need a, a solid tag team you got the iconics don't think that there was a need and that's i think maybe that's my problem with raw and smackdown in general i think that there's a, a, such a need to divide people they need to divide. So, okay, Brandon's got going to have a new character. So, me and Brandon got split off into two different shows. When it's like, no, Brandon could do it, his new character, but we can kind of maintain our audience. So, with the yeah. Iconics, uh, with Otis uh, and, and yeah, Heavy Machinery, yeah. like, they could have they could have stayed together, too, which they had done. Otis was, or um, Tucker was kind of going to the side um, and letting Otis do his thing. So... I don't understand why they keep splitting them. Look at AEW. Probably AEW is a good example. I'm not, and you all know I'm not an AEW mark uh, by any stretch of the yeah, imagination. WWE mark. 
I'm not a WWE mark. I'm a wrestling mark. You know, Slam Hub Wrestling says Kenny has a great Australian accent. If I if Kenny has yeah. a great Australian accent, hit that thumbs up button right now. Um, <laughs> but my thing is in AEW, you have soft uh, soft associations sometimes. You got Eddie Kingston and his family and things like that. But there are weeks where Eddie Kingston comes out by himself, does his own thing like he did on AEW Dynamite. You know, you got the Death Triangle, but they don't necessarily come out together all the time. Inner Circle comes together when they need to, but they can be separate. You know, the Amer- uh, the Nightmare Family, probably a be- the best example. You know, they are a faction, but they're not. The Dark Order, same thing. It's like they're faction when they need to be, but then Reynolds and Silver can kind of be their own comedic act. Thing, which, yeah. by the way, a lot of people are saying, well, you see the Dark Order arc, they're doing this weird Vince shit. They're doing a, <laughs> everybody, they're getting campy. And I'm like, are they getting campy? Because it's really only Alex Ren- on TV. I'm talking about not on being the elite, right. but on TV, only Alex Reynolds and John Silver really getting campy. So I kind of like that there's like little differences in parts of the group. You know, there's a part of the group with uh, the exalted one that's very serious, right. and there's a part of the Dark Order that's not serious. Um, that's kind of what I'm getting at is, and that's getting back to Raw. Don't insult the intelligence of people. Give us those little tiny things, so that not everything is so uniform. That there's little bits again, iconics could have been together, different characters. But you were saying, Brandon, iconics, iconics. Go ahead, Brandon. But that's what you had yeah. to say. Yeah, no, no, no. I was, yeah, I was gonna bring, <laughs> I was gonna bring up Otis and Tucker. I was gonna ask you yeah. if you were cool with them splitting them up, or if that was sort of. A weird I wasn't. Thing. I wasn't because there was no resolution to it. If they had split off heavy machinery, and. They, there was rumors that Tucker was supposed to go back to SmackDown afterwards. That I would actually been okay with because it would have been like, I negotiated and I'm back on SmackDown because I'm coming for you, Otis. And then both of them would have had more of a purpose. Instead, we get makeshift because now Otis is teaming with Chad Gable. Mm. And as good as it is, don't get me wrong, it is a good storyline, but it's like, why did you split just to put another tag team? I don't know why WWE's tag team division is just so lacking. Again, I know I'm being critical of WWE, but there's a lot that's going wrong right now in WWE. I love WWE. That's kind of I've told you this before. Try to fix it. Yeah. I've told you this before. When AEW had problems, I was very critical of AEW of the booking because I I wanted them to do well. Now it's the same thing with WWE. WWE is doing well, and or not doing well, I should say. And I'm critiquing them. And Hollis is saying Kenny's going all mustache mountain on us playing with the stash. <laughs> because I promised that I would I would get mustache this twirl. I would get this twirl. Nice. And uh thank that at least nobody said anything about uh Iron Sheik. God bless to my manager, Ayatollah Blassie. Um people are saying I miss Alistair Black. Yes, Alistair Black. Uh-huh. I don't know what his status is. I hope he's not gone. Hope yeah. he's not gone. But let me go back. Let me go back because there's a lot of stuff that I missed. Kyle says the Iconics breakup is the kind of thing that Raw is doing that is making people tune out. That did it for a momentary act. They did it for a momentary action, put zero thought into the long term. Same with Heavy Machinery. I agree. There is like a lot of car crashing when it comes to booking where it's like, okay, boom, we did something huge, but then we didn't follow up on it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it's like, you know, stop shopping at Walmart. Start shopping at Sam's Club. You know, shop in bulk, baby. You want you want the meat and potatoes, Brandon. You want a better value for what you're getting, okay? You can get that one, Brandon. You, you can get that one. Brandon, you look confused. Wait, wait. <laughs> Matt Ritter says Lana wins the Rumble, defends the title in an even count swimming pool match. Uh, I yes. told you I want Lana to win the Rumble. You know, okay. So here, if anyone's asking me, I would say my winners for the Rumble would be Biggie and Bianca Belair. 
But there's still a part of me that's like, maybe Bianca Belair doesn't win it. Maybe they give it to Lana. Just saying. Yeah. Do you think, yeah, Lana winning it would be... Well, I told you my scenario. I mean, it'd be great for Belair winning it. I told you the scenario where everybody's in there, everybody gets eliminated. You were like, on a brilliant train of thought, and then it just went like stop the hard stop and then it was like reconnecting i think but then it just hanging there it never came i back. think uncle Vinny. i think uncle Vinny <laughs> had enough like, <laughs> uncle Vinny was like that's it that is enough <laughs> you take this but talk brady let me see if i can fix this this internet okay. i think we're back in i hope we're back in me that it's frozen but i think we're good now i think we're good all right we're back in let's hit a manscaped right. ad let's hit the manscaped ad we'll come right back <laughs> Getting ready for a date, now I'm in the zone. But I had to clean up quick before I hit the road. Normal uh, clippers mess so. me up. Nicks and cuts were just too much. Now I'm bleeding everywhere. They're itching on me too. Every sleepless night, got too much hair down there. I need to mow it down. Gotta stay clean to bear. But there's a better way. And now I can shave these things. This much I know is true. Use Manscaped to shave your pubes. And you'll be silky smooth. Listen to YouTube. I'm not. I'm not happy with you right now. Trying to censor. I, I'm pretty sure it's my internet, but it's okay. <laughs> We're back on air. Whatever you do. We're back anyway. on air. Look, everybody's like, Kenny's gonna be so mad. You're damn right, Kenny's gonna be so mad <laughs> because I was on a tangent. I was. I was. I was on a, a very good rant, and then the internet cuts mm. off. So what it's the fuck? But that's okay. I can't. Re- I can't read the comments right now. That that that's what what what. <laughs> Says the bleeding part always gets me in the chills. How can I shave this thing? My brain is dead. But anyway, let's get back to a brain. Where the hell was I? <laughs> We're back. Uh, you were talking about the beauty of ZLE. Thank Zy- you. were going to. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Zy- So let's talk about ZLE. All right. So ZLE and Boa have probably the most amazing thing going on right now. There's like a punishment type yeah. storyline. This is something right out of Brandon's wet dream because this is this is exactly what Brandon the type of storyline that Brandon loves. There's like this a little bit I of abuse but in like a, a very sexual way. It's exactly what Brandon right? likes. It's sexy, it's violent. This is what the people want. This is why you had the rating spike, bro. This is what people were tuned in for. Right. They, they tuned in for the Xylee and the Boa segment. That's right. Oh man, this is yeah. This is this is actually cool. You know what? I was actually I was kind of hating on NXT for a while there because I was what? like, man, they're pushing all these other ladies like uh, who the the tank girl was named Chanty Blackhearts and all these other people. And I was the like, tank hey, you girl, got, yeah, the tank, the tank girl. girl. Wow. Yeah, they had no pushing all these, Yeah, they all these crazy people. I was like, what is this? I was like, Dude, you got this Z Elite chick. She's like, she's jacked for one. Super hot, too. 
she's like an, an amazing athlete. And I'm like, how, how are they but not? You see, this, that's the problem. So to... NXT has a formula, and I don't think anyone ever pays attention to it. And I'm going to say it right now. They will debut somebody. They'll put them in a jobber position. They'll job them out. Indy, Indy Hartwell just recently did it. They put them in the jobber position. Then they put them away for a little bit, and they re-debut them with an actual character, with an actual storyline, and push them. Every mm. wrestler has gone through it. Like every, especially in the female division. Like there's been so many, so many wrestlers. Uh, Austin Theory just went through it. He just got jobbed <laughs> and came back. Uh, I mean, so my thing is like, I don't think people ever pay attention to that. There is always people jobbing in NXT. Let them kind of learn their, learn how it is to, you know, be on the losing side of things. Make them humble. Then you bring them back with their storyline. <laughs> I'm so but confused yeah. about Boa. Boa and Xia Lee storyline, but if they, I'm curious where it's going, and that's how it should be. But you see, that's kind of what Raw's not doing. They're not leaving a room for curiosity. You know, there's nothing that makes me go, okay, I should tune in next week to see what happens. But NXT, like, I know I'm going to get more Xia Lee and more Boa. That is part of why I want to tune in. Mm. And yeah, I know Theory was gone for PR reasons. I know that too, <laughs> but, you know, they did also did kind of do, you know, that with him where they jobbed him out a little bit and they brought him back. Elias and T-Bar went through it. Uh, T-Bar still going through it, yeah. for the record. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm still mad back. that they have freaking Dominic Dijakovic, one of the most amazing athletes, and they freaking job him out in, in Retribution. Don't get me started on Retribution. I gave him a chance. I gave Retribution a chance to be a good storyline. <laughs> yeah, and now it's just... You know. ret- when you say Retribution, I'm just like, you know, if it's a Jeopardy question, it's like, uh, right. what, Retribution, I'll be like, what is a faction where... All of the people are stars, but they're jobbing out. <laughs> That's how I feel about freaking retribution. But yeah, isn't that crazy with WWE with like these stables that they bring in to sort of establish guys? Like sometimes they, they like when they get it right, it's it's so good. Like with the Shield, you know, like that right. was so good. I guess right. maybe they were trying to really push those guys, but it works. Speaking so well. of the Shield, yeah. good. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I was gonna say. Uh, I mean, I even thought Nexus worked out. Yeah, the absolutely, core, I did too. Not so much. Not the, eh. I blame Ezekiel Jackson for that. I'm just (laughs) kidding. But it's like, how come Retribution couldn't be like the Shield was? Because Raw is not booking things correctly. That goes back to the problem. I think being Raw, because they, no, because I think Mustafa Ali is good. You know, Dominic Dijakovic's good. Mia Yim's good. Like uh, everybody in Retribution's good. And mm-hmm. it's kind of just sad that they're they're at a point where it's like, what can they really do to establish them? Like, why did I guess? Well, here's my thing: Why did Retribution stop fucking shit up? Like, mm. they became Retribution, and they stopped tearing up plate the place. They stopped interrupting segments. Like, why aren't they like coming out and just ripping through the Thunderdome? Like that last week that they were in the the um, what do you call it, the Amway Center? Why didn't Retribution come and just tear shit up? And why have they become? <laughs> why have they become this like fucking puppy dog stable when they were pit bulls before? That's really what I'm getting at. Like retributions, it's irritating in that sense. It's their booking, and Mustafa, Mustafa Ali is talented, but he can only do so much when he's handcuffed. He's just handcuffed with the storylines. Like yeah, and and look, like what Diego is saying in kayfabe, they got a contract and that was it. They were like, oh, okay, we're here, but then they're supposed they're still angsty. They come out and they're like, we are the ones that you that you forgot about and stuff like that. Okay, if you were the ones that we forgot about, fucking tear shit up, man. Be like, I like why can't it be like, oh, you gave us contracts cuz you're scared. Mm. And so they push the boundaries of their contract, but then you have you know reason to say, okay, we're firing retribution. Then you got retribution 
uh, fired. Now they show up on SmackDown. They start tearing shit up. They show up on NXT, you know, and then they show and Raw. You're like, sign us back, sign us back, or else we'll keep uh, destroying everything, you know. Excite me somehow. But yeah, it's just like yeah. Again, everybody like it, like they got drafted. Yeah, it's like that friend that's like you know the way the way I describe it, it's like that one friend who like you know he was like the, the drunk of the party. You know, he would always get carried out. And then he got married and he just stopped going out completely. No, you know, so he got. <laughs> that's how I feel. The that's the reasons right there. <laughs> All right, let's get into this because Matt Ritter is trying hard. He says the reasons uh, Raw is failing is limitless. So we talked about it last week, but Matt Ritter, go ahead, talk about it a little bit because we want to. He wants to talk about Keith Lee. Is really what's going on here. So let let's get into this conversation. Uh, so on Busted Open Radio, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but B- Bully Ray basically brought brought up the fact that the reason Keith Lee was jobbed out on Monday Night Raw uh, was essentially. Uh, on purpose and that Vince was trying to teach him a lesson and I said that you know that is something Vince McMahon does to test people and Bully Ray said it in a more negative way he didn't say it I, I'm the way I'm saying it is a little bit more positive but I my theory is that Vince McMahon does these things to test people case in point Triple H back in the day case in point Stone Cold Steve Austin case in point The Rock sometimes you get saddled with a bad gimmick sometimes you get saddled with bad booking to see that if you're willing to speak up for yourself. And I, I feel like that is what people are not doing. I feel like Keith Lee should bust into Vince's office and say, what the hell? I'm the best thing you got going here on Monday Night Raw and you're not going to give me an opportunity. Come on now. So I, I pointed out an example. Uh, a lot of people, and, and Matt Ritter had said something about like, oh, they're trying to make him like Mark Henry. And I said, what's so bad about being like Mark Henry? My thing is... <laughs> Uh, the example I used was Mark Henry in 2011. There was a prank pulled on Mark Henry. Okay. So what it was, was there was a dark match that he was supposed to have with Sin Cara. And what happened was came out for the dark match. Sin Cara's music hits. Nobody comes out. Mark Henry's pissed. He's looking at the referee. He's like, what the hell's going on? You know, that sort of thing. People are starting to file out. Like as in the show is over, Mark Henry's still standing in the ring and he's embarrassed and he's pissed off. And he's like, what the hell is going on here? So lights go out, everything's done. And he goes, um, <laughs> Wes uh, says, they need to make a Keith Lee versus T-Bar storyline. Um, <laughs> so basically he goes to the back. Vince is gone. Uh, everybody in, in Gorilla is gone. Mark Henry goes home and he's seething and he calls Vince and he goes, if this is how you're going to fucking treat me, you know, we're done. I'm quitting WWE. This is it. Give me my release. I'm out of here. And Vince says, okay, I'll give you what you want, but do me one favor. Meet me in the office. Uh, just one time. I just want to talk to you. And, uh, you know, I'll give you a release if you want. Meets Vince in his office at the next TV tapings. Uh, and he shows him the footage and he goes, do you see how mad you were? That's the Mark Henry I've been trying to bring out of you since you got here. Look at this Mark Henry. This is the most menacing guy that I've ever seen in professional wrestling. And Mark Henry says, I don't like going to that place. And he goes, yeah, but here's the thing. I need you to go to that place. I need that guy. What happened after that? What character was created? Hall of Pain. Hall of Pain character came from that. Hall of Pain character came from Vince fucking with Mark Henry and basically taking him to a place where Mark Henry got pissed off. My thing is, I was telling this to to Ritter earlier. Sometimes I feel like if I'm teaching you how to swim 
and I'm teaching you how to swim and you're getting it and you're getting it, but you're, you're not believing in yourself. What's good in the chat? Hey, what's up? Um, sometimes I got to throw you in the deep end of the pool, knowing damn well, if you start to drown, I'm going to save you. But sometimes I got to throw you in the deep end of the pool to make you believe in yourself because you may be good, but you're not believing that you can swim. I got to show you that it can happen. I'll put you in a life or death situation where you're forced to use your instinct versus to use your brain. That's what I feel like Vince McMahon does. Whether it's right or wrong, I believe it's correct. I believe that's the right thing to do sometimes is you got to put somebody in a put up or shut up situation and see what they do. That's how you make someone great. Because you had to put the rock in a situation where like, look, you're a third generation superstar. You get every tool in the book, but you're not hitting it out of the park. Why the hell aren't you getting over? The Rock goes out there and cuts a promo. He's like, these fans kiss my ass. You know, you told me die, Rocky, die. The Rock's a lot of things, but sucks ain't one of them. And you start going, okay, this is the guy that I see. I can see the potential in him. I've been waiting for this guy. Same thing with Triple H. You know, you're like, hey, this, this person's good. This person's amazing. He got buried, right? Because of the click incident. All of a sudden, <laughs> he, gets, he gets a promo with JR where he goes, he goes, it ate at me. I had to sit there and take this shit while all my friends were away and this. And you wouldn't have the balls to, you know, punish them, but you punished me. And he goes, you know, forget about the game. You know, it's it, forget. About, I forgot the exact line, but he's like, you know, I am the damn game. And that took his career off from there. Right. Stone Cold Steve Austin was the ringmaster. And then he started showing elements of himself, showing that Austin 316 started cursing. Like, it's, you got to bring this stuff out. So Keith Lee is great. And here's the thing. A lot of people were, this, this, is, this is what Ritter was telling me. Matt Ritter of uh, Smacking It Raw podcast was arguing with me that Keith Lee doesn't really need to be refined. And I disagree because Keith Lee is good, but obviously to me, Vince sees something better in him. Sees mm. even, even more in him. But go ahead, Brandon. What are you saying? Yeah, I was going to say, though, but, you know, sort of his deal is, you know, he's he's a larger man that can work like a sort of cruiserweight. I and that's how sort that's how he gets over. Like, I that's agree. his thing. So, like, that's what he should do. Like, why yes. sort of try to tweak that or make that's, him, okay. you know, angry man. I agree with you. And I agree with when people give me that assessment. And that goes back to speaking right. up for yourself. That's kind of what I'm getting at is Vince is telling you, like, I don't want that guy. I want a big guy. Keith Lee should have the balls to be like, hey, I get what you want. That is what you want. I'm going to give that to you. But understand that I, this is what brought me to the dance. This is why people like me. you got to show some elements of this too. And have that conversation with Vince. And it's not about saying pissing away an idea. It's about bringing up more ideas. Don't say, hey, that's a bad idea. Okay, I get what you're trying to do. Vince, I get what you're trying to do. And I'm going to show you that. This is what I want to do as well. And you can find a compromise in between. And really, again, it's all about adding to his repertoire. You know, I, I don't want Keith Lee to be like a... a, a, a and th thank you for bringing it up, because I don't want anyone to think I'm saying Keith Lee is wrong. V go to Vince's vision. Again, Vince is just trying to better him, but you got to open up that conversation. Again, and I'm speculating. I don't know what Keith Lee is right. talking about to Vince McMahon. But it's like you got to open up that conversation of like, all right, big man, I know you see this in me. But the reason you hired me is because of this stuff. So we need to find a way to have a balance because I'm not going to co completely betray that to go to this when I, people are going to lose interest in me because they want this. So what are we doing? What are we going to do to satisfy both? Because I'm, I'm your guy. I'm your player. Give me the ball. I'll run with it. I'll do what you need me to do. 
because in the in the WWE twenty four seven documentary or the uh, the the Keith Lee twenty four seven documentary, mm-hmm. he was sitting there nodding a lot when Vince was talking. And it's like to me, that's that's where it's like I want to see more of like a a guy who goes, okay, I get you, I get you, I'm gonna give that to you. This is what I'm, you know. And it, I don't see any, I don't see a lot of people talking back. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Hey, it's it's easy to say when you're not in the situation. If I'm sitting there with Vince McMahon yelling in my face, you know, what I mean, I don't know, I don't know, but I got I got balls. I don't know. <laughs> I would probably step in his face. <laughs> And, um, you know, it says, for all we know, Keith Lee could be, uh, can't read the comment because it's going away, but. Oh, no. Keith Lee versus T-Bar, I'm telling you. For example, Kenny Roman Reigns, he was a good baby face, but he got stale. And then when he turned heel um, and be this mob boss, people started to like him more. And the best thing is SmackDown. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure Roman was beating that into Vince for a while. Probably said, look, dude. (laughs) Because that's the thing. I I have confidence that Roman Reigns probably was like, look, Vince, I get that you want this guy. But you need to give me this character. I can I can do something special for you with this with this character. So I don't think WWE creative just said, okay, we're turning Roman heel as much as Roman is probably in their ear and said, look, hey, I've been out since WrestleMania. I can't just come back as this guy. I can't just come back as the ass kicking baby face. They they're expecting that. Why don't we try something different? Why don't we try this? And if I fail, hey, we'll go back to the baby face. You know, and it's kind of like that call the bluff. Call your bluff. Okay. I'll give you what you want, but here, let's do this. Mm. Did you see anything on that? Uh, it was, I think it was with Otis. Like people were, it was sort of, it was kind of similar situation where like, you know, Otis was having to work on some stuff, right. but like, it, it kind of like making a big deal out of it. And it was just more like, oh no, it's like, we don't have the house shows anymore. We're just sort of working out things. You know, I'm working out with my dad, you know, doing certain things. Is that maybe kind of, that's what's going on with Keith Lee. Maybe it's not super serious. Like yeah, they're yeah, trying to super don't... retool them. And maybe exactly. Just, and know, that's we'll why, why I think every, stuff. I think everybody's making a bigger deal out of it than it, it than it is. And mm-hmm. I, I, I said that on last week's episode where I think, I think this is more of a workshop. I don't think there's a problem necessarily with Keith Lee. I don't think there's a problem. I think this is a punishment. It's like you said, there's there's less repetition now. Okay, guys, you used to be on the road six days a week. Now you're on the, the road one day a week. All right, so let's get three days at the PC where we're teaching you what I'm trying to tell you because you don't have an audience to test that out on. These are factors people people are not considering. I'm So I'm glad you brought that up because, mm. yeah, I mean, Otis doesn't have a crowd to practice on in that sense. So it's like, why not put them with coaches and kind of do something? So when there is a crowd, maybe they're better. Mm. Guys, some, wanting to better someone doesn't mean that they're not good. I'm just saying, you know, so why? Well, let me read uh, Ritter's comment. Whole point of my argument was that Keith be Keith. And you're just saying Keith needs to ask for it. it, it what, what, what am I saying differently than you? I'm telling you, let Keith be Keith, but I'm saying Keith Lee needs to speak up for himself if he needs to be Keith Lee. If he thinks that he can do it, he needs to speak up for himself. Mm. He can't just be a cog in the wheel. The Austins, this is the, and this is the irony. Uh, so people hate Goldberg, right? People hate Goldberg. They hate Warrior. You know, they hate Hogan. Why did Hogan, Warrior, and Goldberg specifically get to the position that they're in? Because they knew how to politic. What is politicking? Speaking up for yourself. <laughs> Hogan's, I'm the best. I got, I'm the best brother. Give me this, and I can do it. <laughs> Goldberg said, "I mean, go look at the WWE 24 or WWE Untold with Goldberg. He flat out says, look, if I'm going to come into WCW, I'm not going to be this some other guy. I'm going to be the best guy you have.'" 
And so you can't have both. You either look mm-hmm. at that guy and say he's a dick, or you look at that guy and say, wow, that guy's money. He believes in himself. So which one do you want? Do you want people who just kind of are yes men? Or do you want people who believe in themselves take and step up to the next level? Austin mm-hmm. politic with the best of them. Austin refused to lose on, on stuff. Remember 2002 when he walked out? Why was that? He disagreed with booking. He was supposed to lose to Brock Lesnar. He said, fuck that shit. And I agree with him. I agree with Stone Cold, which is he said, I, I, why am I losing to Brock Lesnar on a random episode of Monday Night Raw? Am I not more marquee than that? So there's a part of me that respects Stone Cold for that. You see what I'm saying? I respect when guys kind of have that, that ego because you need ego in the wrestling business. Keith Lee can't be, and again, I don't, I'm not speaking, I don't know Keith Lee, but Keith Lee can't be that guy who's like, yeah, Vince, I'll do it for you. And not speak up for himself and say, look, hey, I'm the best thing you got going today. You understand that, right? Give me the ball. I will run with it. Give it to me. I'll dive through the ropes with right. it. <laughs> so what, what do you think Luna Vachon would think about this whole situation? Well, I think Luna would hate it. That he wanted a Luna Vachon impression, so there it is. You um, got it. Brandon, I had a revelation, by the way. Yeah. I had a uh-huh. revelation. Yeah. The styles clash. Do you understand what that means? Styles clash. Yeah, yeah, like clashing style, like don't go together, right? It's like a right a shock I thing. I've never realized that they were talking about like clothes and like you know styles clashing. So for some reason, when I heard styles clash, I thought of like a symbol crash, which makes no sense because it's a crash, not a clash. But, so in my head, I was thinking symbol crash. And then, like, the other week, I just sat there and I went, Styles Clash. Like, when, like, you're wearing two different colors, like, or two different patterns, and it doesn't make sense. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't know. The style, uh, styles didn't clash. I, I've been watching AJ Styles for, for, for damn near 18 years. And uh, I, I didn't realize. Uh, but I tried. You know. Uh, I t- I, dude, I feel this so saves stupid. His life, bro. I feel right up so there with the stupid massage guy. Yeah, right. Like, but I feel so <laughs> stupid that 18 years I've watched AJ Styles and not realized that. And then uh, <laughs> Kyle says, "Can't wait till Kenny learns what rock bottom means." No, no, I know, I know what rock bottom means. I have, I have a visual representation of it every episode in Brandon. So I definitely know what rock bottom wow. means. Uh, Diego says, when I, when I thought Styles Clash, I just thought of it like his name, nothing more to it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I never actually thought like it was like a pun or something. You know what I mean? Like, I never yeah. thought like at rock bottom, for example. I just thought like Styles Clash. Mm. I don't know. That, 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 I don't know. I mean, I got nowhere to go but up, people. We got Drew McIntyre facing AJ Styles at TLC. <laughs> He's gonna win the WWE title. Uh, oh, I, I did want to ask you yeah. uh, what this is referred to. Uh, what, what are the uh, one of the little bullet points we have here? Uh, most successful call up out of. Oh, the okay, so two years ago, two years ago, I don't know if you remember. Actually, and this brings it full circle. You know, let this, let this be. Um, we could probably end on this topic. We got a couple other. We got a couple other topics. I actually do want to get into AEW. I haven't talked about AEW, uh, so we got one, one or two more things to talk about. But let's talk. Um, so two years ago, at the time, was the most the record uh, lowest RAW rating. So what did mm-hmm. WWE do? Triple H came out. The McMahon family came out. It said, you know, we're going to listen to you. We're going to give you what you want. 
That's what they said. That was the speech. And granted, I give them credit, actually. I know a lot of people are yeah. like, well, they didn't give us what they want. I mean, we, we did get Kofi winning the title. We got the other stuff. Like, you know, I feel like they yeah. did give us kind of what we wanted. They did kind of listen to us. But then, of course, it went back to the same old shit kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, if you remember, they did six NXT call-ups. That being Lars Sullivan, oh, uh, okay. yeah, Lacey Evans, EC3, Heavy Machinery, Tucker and Otis, and Nikki Cross. Yeah. And so I posed uh, the question to everybody else, and I'll pose it in the chat. And if you're watching after the fact, yeah. drop me a comment. Who do you think is the most successful NXT call-up out of those six people? I'm going to say none of them, bro. You think so? I, I, th I think all of them sort of got screwed over or it's like they i i thought i thought you know what i i would give it to maybe lacy but i feel like they they blew him up like lacy and lars i felt like and then they sort of i guess like dropped him off, off a cliff bit to, yeah and then like yeah and everybody else got the shaft because they were all teamed up with each other and they got broken I, up i so I, like, yeah. I will accept people saying otis but i also feel like it shows mentality on who you pick it shows your mentality towards wwe for better or for worse so a lot of people look at it as accolades and so they go okay otis because otis has won money in the bank Otis, you know, has been featured heavily on the show, so it has to be Otis. Uh, some people rightfully say, and a majority of this chat right now is saying Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross has been involved in a major storyline with Alexa Bliss, with The Fiend, uh, but to me, she's cooling off. My point of view, maybe not until recently, but I thought Lacey Evans was the, was the uh, I've told everybody, pay attention to Lacey Evans, she's gonna be the MVP of this group. And I feel like she was. I feel like she got the bad end of uh, the bad end of the stick here because um, I feel like they did stuff with her and then they took it away from her. Like they had turned her baby face, if you don't remember, in the midst of the whole Bailey and Sasha storyline, and it looked like, oh shit, like she might win the title. As Brandon calls her Miss America. Miss, Miss America. America was gonna win the title because Brandon doesn't know Lacey Evans' real name. <laughs> so moment. <laughs> So I thought Lacey Evans very possibly might win the title at WrestleMania, giving Sasha and Bayley their storyline without the title. Obviously, they went a different direction, and then they turned Lacey Evans back heel. So there's a lot of, of start-stop. <laughs> and Matt Ritter says maybe she doesn't speak up. I disagree. I, I feel like Lacey Evans is probably one of those that says, like, hey, this is what you got with me. Do it. She seems like the type. You know what I mean? But Lacey Evans has been pretty consistent. And I think out of all of them, I think she's going to have the, she has the best long-term game. Because Nikki Cross yeah. is good. You're going to be wrong. But they've kind of cooled her off now. I think Lacey Evans, we still have like, I'll say it like this. If Lacey Evans won the Royal Rumble next month, I don't think anybody would have a problem with it. Would you have a problem with Nikki Cross won it? Or would it be if Nikki weird? Cross won it, you'd be like a little bit weirded out because you're like, oh, but she just had her storyline with Alexa Bliss. She wasn't doing anything. What's going on? Lacey Evans, she's one of those that you can kind of slot in. To me, I always compare her and like Bianca Belair, which is kind of funny because they're like the opposite ends of the spectrums in terms of character. Mm -hmm. But they are very similar in the sense of like you can just kind of slot them in and they work with no matter no matter who their opponent is, they'll work. That's just my thing. So I, I actually thought Lacey Evans was good. Uh but man, what was this? I'll never get over 
making EC3, who's known almost solely for his mic work, into a mute. Yes. And and that's the thing. I feel like they tested EC3, but I will say that they went the wrong direction with EC3. It's like, to me, EC3, and this, I, I didn't accept this comment. Everybody was like, oh, EC3 is the MVP because you got the fuck out of WWE. Is he? Because I'm going to go as record as saying EC3 is faltering right now. On the indies uh i don't think he should have dropped this character i don't think he should have gone with the character that he has right now when we think ec3 we think cocky we don't think dark edgy character so i i actually disagree with what ec3 is doing uh on the indies right now um that's my opinion um so ec3 i don't know man like to me he could have gone in and filled the role brian cage is filling in aew right now he could have been that guy to me ec3 was mjf before mjf was there you know what I mean? So it's like, you, you, can you not see a stable with like EC3 Wardlow and MJF? Mm. So to me, there was a lot more potential with EC3, and I just I don't know. I don't know the full scope of it. Is it is it on EC3's end? And EC3 is a free agent again, as everybody's saying in the chat. Right. And you know, but how they waste that theme song, bro? I am in the top one percent. How they waste that song? I just want I just want to see him go back to the character to use Trouble again in Impact Wrestling. Trouble, 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 trouble. Uh, yeah, so I think EC3 uh, tested positive for COVID. I don't know if that was recent. I think he's over it by now. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Well, Brandon, let's get into some AEW yeah. talk before we go. Uh, a big topic I wanted to talk about was what JR said. JR <laughs> said on his podcast. Brandon, I'll let you read it. Yeah, I called him out. Go ahead. I have. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, I told the kid the other day in AEW, I said, all you guys do the same fucking spot, said Ross. You go to the outside, you cluster up like you cluster up like quail, you stand together, friend and foe side by side, so you can catch some leaping idiot going up to the top who never wins with the move. Okay, so my thing, I think JR is completely right, and that's, that's the old school in me, right? So that goes back to Keith Lee. You know, we could go back to Keith Lee on this one, but it's like I That's feel like JR. Spot. But I feel like JR is completely correct on this because here's here's my thing: if you're sitting there, and yeah, it it do you remember that spot? Like I give you, I give a perfect example. Um, give me the last guys that did that spot, Brandon. Uh, I thought you were gonna talk about give me the, any, uh, just, when they no, did the Canadian give me, Destroyer thing. Give me, yeah, it. give me who, yeah. who was in that match? <laughs> Into the crowd, uh, who was in the Bucks and like everybody. Oh man, it was a lot of people. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So in other words, you're telling me that you don't remember who the remember, fuck did the spots, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, no one gives a shit about the actual wrestlers who did it. They give a shit about the spot. Now I'll give you another example. Um, Brandon in Seattle, when somebody there was a wrestler that said. Oh, uh, that's why this this uh, this place doesn't have a basketball team. Who said that? Who got oh uh, who got big heat off of that? The MJF. Wow, wow, you just ruined it. It's in WWE. <laughs> you just ruined my example. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Anyway, it was Elias. Was no, Elias. shut the hell up. I'm it's sorry. Elias. No, no. So Elias talked about having the Seattle didn't have a good basketball team. Here's my thing. We remember the Elias spot more. Elias has more. What's the word I'm looking for? Has a better reputation. Has a. Brand's a horrible co-host. That's yeah, why he's laughing. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. So Elias, yeah. by the way, whose name is in the example? I don't know if you've seen yeah. the notes I, there. <laughs> That's what that was. Oh, I, all right. Everybody in the chat, by the way, saying Elias. Everybody saying Elias. 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 Yeah. 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 
So Elias has a better. Now you got me off my train of thought because I'm so irritated <laughs> at you. Sorry. There's more merit to what Elias is doing versus someone like, let's say, a Ricochet or the Young Bucks. And what that means is people are supposed to have more character work than just flippy shit. That's what JR's trying to get at. It's like, you need to add some realism to the situation. There needs to be something that you can latch onto, okay? And that goes back to, what, what is JR saying that's very different from what Vince McMahon is saying? There's not, even though they're at the opposite end of the spectrums. It's like, make me remember things. Look at Kurt Angle. Why was Kurt Angle great in the WWE? Is it because he was an Olympic gold medalist and a machine? Or is it because you remember every little stupid line and moment that he had? Kurt Angle is the greatest transition from real wrestling to professional wrestling ever. Because all you remember is what? Milk truck. You remember the three eyes. You remember uh, him drinking milk. You know, you remember all of these, this character work. You remember these moments. We don't remember Kurt Angle matches. We remember the moments. Mm. That's what I'm getting at. Is like JR. I think JR's right. Like the Brett, I'm gonna get heat, but the Brandon Cutlers and all the you know the Young Bucks and stuff. There's it's good, but to me the Young Bucks, you remember them because of their personality more, not even necessarily because of what they do in the ring. They're amazing in the ring, but it's a combination of all of it. It's my thing. Yeah, he he also was uh, getting on, you know, people, you know, using certain moves, you know, like the super kick and sort of like the DDT. Just I agree. Sort of using you use what, a super like kick. Finishers Brandon, as like but you use moves, a super yeah. kick, right? If you use right. a super kick every match and everybody does it and nobody gets a fucking pinfall, what happens to the super kick? It, it's done. It's not a move that's over. Why do why did Sweet Chin Music get so over? Because when you did it, it was done. Why does every match have a suicide dive? It's called a suicide dive to show you the importance of that move, that it is a death-defying move. But if everybody does a suicide dive, is it really a suicide dive? It's just a dive to the outside. It's lost its luster because everybody can do it. Do you see what I'm saying? Everything's got to come in small doses. Dang, I'm not that old in, an angle. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree with JR, is my thing. It's like, especially, I told you, those Canadian destroyer spots. Like, why are we building Legos together, friend and foe together, sitting there trying to <laughs> base for somebody? Like, why am I watching like a cheerleader audition? Like, well, okay, here's our flyer. Uh, we're going to base for them and jump here. Let's go. It's like, no, let's not do that. Well, you know, they want to be safe too. You got to make sure everybody's in position. You don't want people getting hurt. I mean, it, right. the optics sometimes, you know, can get a little messy, but... Right, and look, look at the chat. I remember Orton complained about wrestlers doing too much. Yeah, and there's a reason Randy Orton's in, in that upper echelon, too. Cal uh, says, uh, JR is absolutely right. People um, overly... Oh, my God, I can't read this because of the chat. Uh, overly convoluted spots as a crutch for lack of character and storytelling. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. And, and my thing is, like... Um, Lost my train of thought. Freaking Brandon. Brandon has got me irritated. Brandon, Brandon was his little bullet hole. That, that's apropos because I just want to put one right between your eyes right there. Let's <laughs> go. But no, J, JR is completely right because, I mean, okay, here's what the point I was going to make. is like I'm sick of people doing the same moves and people have to be greedy. And what I mean by mm. that is if somebody goes up to somebody and says, hey, look, I'm trying to get this move over. I'm trying to get the... Uh, Canadian destroy over. Let's use an example. Trying to get the Canadian destroy over. Can you 
you think you could stop using it? People are like, oh, can't, can't say that. But it's true. If I'm trying to get the Canadian Destroyer over as my finisher and you're using it as a setup, why the fuck would anyone care about my finisher? Why would anyone care? Paul Heyman says it best. I want you to go watch the um, Stone Cold podcast with Paul Heyman. And he says, if Mark Henry is trying to get a bear hug over, and he says, nobody does the bear hug except me. And, it's, and he's using the bear hug as an example because it's the simplest move in the world. And he says, Mark Henry slaps it on, and he goes, and he hits that bear hug every night for the next six months. All of a sudden, people are going to be looking for that bear hug. And they're going to think it's the most deadly move in professional wrestling because no one else has got out of it and no one else has used it. And that's, I think, the problem is that everybody, everybody in the wrestling business is a mark now. <laughs> and sometimes that, that's bad because it's like you got to be selfish. You got to be out for yourself sometimes. Ego is not necessarily too much. Ego is a bad thing, but ego is not a bad thing. And that's what I need people to understand. That goes in life, too. It's not selfish to care about yourself first and then, then care about other people. Put on your mask before you put on your child's mask when the plane's going down. You ever heard that one? Uh, I try to save myself first. But anyway. yeah, uh, but what, what do you think about, you know, sort of the, the philosophy of that, look, you know, the, the sport's evolving, the people, the, you know, the, just the performers are just more athletic. Uh, you know, everybody's faster, stronger now, you know, okay. so the style the work, the way you work needs to, needs to be different, you know, to make it more exciting. You, I think you just proved, proved my point. Actually, you just proved my point without realizing it. If the work rate is getting so amazing, how do you stand out from the bunch by being the guy that doesn't have that work rate and works on his character more instead of working on his style? Hint, hint, MJF. MJF has no work rate about him. Think about that, but he has character work. Because it's like it's like you got the Hardys, the Dudleys, and and um Edge and Christian. You can only go so far before people are just killing themselves. If you can't you can't take it to this upper athletic level because the human body is not designed for it. So now, like you said, the work rate is so amazing because, like to me, the influence of the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, that type of thing. What are you doing to stand out from the crowd? Be different. Be the opposite of that. Work on your character more. There's a reason why, again, Elias is going to last a lot longer in the wrestling business than most. Because Elias doesn't need to wrestle. Elias can do a lot of character work. Why do you think Undertaker lasted 30 years? He didn't get good in terms of in the ring until later on. And he was always good in the ring. But he didn't really open up. Open that up until the end. Hmm. Yeah, everybody's like, every, everybody's saying Brandon's listening, watching. yeah. But anyway, um, one thing I want to say, congratulations to Cody Cody and Brandy Rhodes. I actually posted oh, a heartfelt uh, a heartfelt congratulations because I said, man, it, it's cool. Like, I have a daughter, and uh, I saw that, when I saw that moment where he was in the ring and kind of soaking it in, it's like, I remember going through that of, like, that whole, like, you're scared because you don't know what, what's about to happen, but it's, like, the most fulfilling thing that you've ever done in your life, you know? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like our truth. A perfect example. People are saying our truth. Our truth's a perfect uh -huh. example. The reason our truth our truth is amazing in the ring. Not one person could say he's not athletic. But that's not what we remember about our truth. Do we remember the freaking truth detector, the lie detector? The little um what do you call it? <laughs> the scissors kick that he does, or do we remember all the skits that he does? Remember the mm. skits. We remember moments. Yeah. 
But anyway, Brandon, anything oh, else? Yes. Oh, you know, I forgot to mention this. Ben oh. Carter signed with NXT officially, oh. NXT UK. So Ben Carter, has, uh, everybody's all pissed off on the AEW side of things. Do you feel like <laughs> this is the best choice? Do you think he could have, uh, should have gone to AEW? Because to me, I think this was, this was good to get. Yeah. I think it was good to get involved with WWE, especially right now if he is uh, you know, pretty much forced to be in the UK anyway, be at home. Why not start him off at NXT UK? He can always go to regular NXT later on, and then eventually he'll get to Seth Rollins on the main brand. That's a match I want to see. Ben Carter versus Seth Rollins, student versus teacher. Student versus teacher storylines are always amazing. I'm just saying. I noticed Brandon messed up and then complete, the air completely went out from his sails. Now he has <laughs> nothing to say. Brandon, anything else before we go off air, though? Look, I, Guys, I just anything else to you want to hear in the chat? Hit me up in the yeah. chat. I just want to say, uh, you know, happy holidays to everybody. Yes, this you know, is. All that good stuff. We got, actually, we got a couple coming up. Yeah. Actually, our last uh, episode of the year. Oh, fantastic. Because we are. That. No, no, I bet, like, like, like we're gonna, you're, like, you're you gonna be this? enjoying your family. You, you got your baby. You're I'll try to give you again. Sign up, sign up with Patreon, though. I will try to give you uh, a, a little bit of uh, some exclusive content uh, next week. Going into yeah. next week, um, I just got Brandon's text that says, says "Poor connection, reconnecting." <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking about your brain. Um, but yeah, sign up for our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash the Kenny for your thoughts. We'll get some exclusive content going there. Um, Thank you so much for an amazing 2020. I can't be too mad yes. at 2020, uh, actually, in terms of my life. I know I don't want to diminish anybody else's struggling um, out there, but in terms of my life, personally, I'm, I'm pretty grateful for 2020. taught me a lot of lessons, uh, especially uh, that I need to get a new co-host. Uh, yes. It's probably the biggest yes. lesson that I was taught. Uh, is- bigger and better things for 2021, guys. Uh, every single one of you in the chat, thank you for giving us a chance um, again, we will not be doing an episode next week because next week is Christmas. Uh, the only two days we really had a choice of doing the episode would be Christmas Eve and Christmas. And I think there's a lot better things you can do than spend your time with us um, <laughs> on Christmas Eve and Christmas. Uh, but maybe, hey, maybe I'll drop a little Christmas present on Patreon mm-hmm. for you all. Um, we will be back on on January 1st. Uh, we will be joined. Uh, I see if I can get all these guys in here. But we'll, be, we'll be joined by Matt Ritter. Um, oh, nice. The Angle Podcast. So we'll be joined by Smackin' It Raw Podcast, The Angle Podcast, Apron Bump Podcast. Uh, so we are doing a year, a 2020 year in review on New Year's Day, 10 p.m. Um, keep posted to my social media and Patreon. If anything changes, I will let you know. Brandon, what are you thankful for in 2020? I, I'm thankful for Zealy. Uh, you know, who isn't? Zealy. Zealy, Zealy. Oh my God, Brandon! I gotta get that. <laughs> and doesn't that say it all? That's exactly how we should end 2020. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We will see you on January first.